ride with me in my foul life. Hello there, podcast world. The Foul Life Podcast back at you. Foul Thoughts presented by our friends at Safari Club International. What foul thoughts are you having today? I woke up this morning. I guess I went to bed last night thinking about short read goose calling because I was asked a question on a podcast not this one or this life ain't for everybody but another company's podcast about calling and vocalizations and um how pretty beautiful pleasing to the ear the sounds and vocabulary and vocalizations of the Canada goose are so I did I went to bed last night thinking about Canada geese and hunting Canada geese and calling Canada geese decoying Canada geese tricking Canada geese flagging Canada geese talking to Canada geese just everything that goes into it and I started to think of all the places that I've hunted Canada geese and called it Canada geese and it's like it's like going around the world and talking to your friends. I've hunted them in so many places in Canada, North America, continental United States. Um, I just love the idea that you can apply that vocabulary and that skill set, those hunt techniques in so many different places from Maryland and the Eastern Shore and the Carolinas have Canada geese and then you name it. They're there. We've hunted them in Ontario, Manitoba, and Alberta, and Saskatchewan, and I can name all the states, but from Washington to Oregon to Montana and Wyoming in the front range of Colorado, are you kidding me? North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma. We've even decoyed them in Arkansas, never in Louisiana, not in Mississippi, have in Tennessee. Um, but then you can keep going from there of all of the different states, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania. There's so many places that you can hunt Canada geese. And I'm not even naming anywhere close to them. Nevada, Idaho, we've decoyed them in both of those. And um, I don't know. I just was thinking like, how cool is the vocabulary? And I don't know if you boys and girls, guys and girls, men and women out there, kids are trying to become more proficient with Canada geese, but if you want a great hunt, a great challenge, and I know that there's a lot of just duck hunters or a lot of just turkey hunters, but if you're listening to this podcast and you're an all around waterfowler who enjoys chasing, you know, puddle ducks, Canada geese, speckle belly geese, snow geese at certain times, diver ducks, um, then give Canada goose hunting a try and give Canada goose calling a try. And if you're proficient with it and you've done it a bunch, then how good of a goose caller are you? And that's what I was asking myself last night when I went to bed. I must have dreamt it too. But when I woke up, I was thinking, am I really that good? Am I as good as I think I sound. I've had pretty good success consistently across the board in a lot of different locations getting Canada geese close, but do I sound as good as Kelly Powers or Kyle Jones? And I'm not saying that you have to, to be successful, but to master the art 
of dictation and vocabulary and conversing, conversation, everything that goes into being able to read somebody across the table in a boardroom during a negotiation, to being able to read an elk, to a coyote, to a turkey, what to say, when to say it, how loud to say it, how not loud to say it, how much to say it, how less to say it, the nobody's home technique of do you call at all? I don't really like that because I like to converse and I really like to talk to wild animals, but sometimes less is more. So you just start thinking about all of these different styles of getting Canada geese into your decoys. And then it takes you on this just mind trip of, well, what can I get better at? What do I need to be practicing before the 2021, 2022 waterfowl season starts in Canada goose season, whether you go September 1st in Canada or even in the mid-August, there's early seasons for Canada geese in North Dakota, I believe Minnesota, South Dakota. The limits are liberal. It's hot. There's mosquitoes. I don't really enjoy it, but it gives people in those areas and people that are willing to travel to those areas a chance or an opportunity to set up a decoy spread and, and, and trick these quote unquote local geese, because that's what we're trying to do in those seasons is put a little bit of a dent in the local goose population because they've been running rampant and they're taking over, if you will, subdivisions or community areas. Um, even though we built into places where Canada geese were accustomed to going for years, whether they were local or migrators joining those local flocks, we've built into their areas. So these local seasons are set forth early to be able to hopefully take some of those locals out of the population before the migrators actually start moving into the area, meaning that those migrators will see those locals in these community areas, these subdivision areas, these, you know, just pretty much where the public lives now, um, golf courses, and then those migrators join up and some of those end up staying. So that increases the local population. And then that local population breeds and hatches in that area. And then it's just, it just will start to take over the area. And then you run into issues, um, with, with Canada geese being too populated in these certain areas. So you can, Start in August, then September and October, November, December, January. Then some of these states, Nebraska, Colorado, Wyoming, their, their, their Canada geese seasons, Canada goose seasons literally run into mid-February. And you talk about a long season, guys and girls. I am trying to say September through February, August. Let's go August 15th. So August to September, September to October. October, November, November, December, December to January, January to February. That is one half of a year, a full half year, six months, almost 180 days that you could tie in Canada goose hunting, decoy spreads, dog retrieves, flagging, all of these methods that could hone your skill set. You can get good at this if you want. And if you want to become a better goose hunter, Canada goose hunter specifically, and a Canada goose caller, a negotiator, a person that is going to learn what we're saying, when we're saying it, and how much we're saying it, how loud we're saying it, like we talked about before, you got to practice. You got to be doing it now. And the vocabulary of a Canada goose is so 
much more advanced, in my opinion, than that of a mallard duck or any of the puddle ducks, any of them, any, even snow geese. I know that snow geese are loud and I know they're powerful, but there's a reason why electronic collars are so widely used in the spring. One, they're legal in the spring and not in the fall, but they just sound like snow geese. And I don't know if you have 1500 snow goose decoys out in the fall or some of these late seasons that aren't considered the depredation spring season, like California, they have some late seasons in February that aren't considered the depredation season where you could have your plug out or use electronic calls and the no limits and all that. I don't know if you can replicate snow geese on the ground. I don't think you can. I think you can sound like a snow goose, but to sound like that many of them, I don't know, but you can sound like 400 Canada geese in my opinion. I really think that you can if you go out and listen to a flock of 400 or less, 300, 100, whatever. You might only have two dozen decoys out there and mop them up. You don't need a ton of decoys to have a successful Canada goose hunt. And you surely can sound like two dozen, 24 Canada goose, Canada geese with a short read call or a flute call if you, that's your desire. But I think that the vocabulary and then the speckle belly, I mean, I understand it a little bit. I don't really know it to where like, what is a greeter? What is a comeback call? What is a, you know, kiss my ass call, whatever you're trying to say. I think that there's sounds that the, the speckle bellies make. I don't really know if they communicate though. And I have seen them be turn on a dime. And I know that calling works for speckle bellies. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to geese, just like mallards, in my opinion, you can whistle a sprig, you can whistle a widgeon. But when you hit a mallard flock with that, or stand on that first note, and they they start working there's nothing like that and that's the same in my opinion as canada goose calling that you are saying things to them to get certain specific detailed reactions at that time and if you don't get it you hit them with something else until you do get the reaction that you're looking for and it's not going to happen with every goose single pair or a flock a dozen of them two dozen of them it's not going to happen every time but when it does you're like oh my gosh magic just like the cars sang about and i don't think that you can get there without consistent and legitimate practice sessions and an idea in your head and a theory of what you're doing. And there's different theories of Canada goose calling. There's the birds of a feather flock together. Come on in the water. The water's fine. Come join us. We're all buddies. We all got white cheek patches. I don't know if that's necessarily true with mallards. Um, are they really saying come and join us? I think they might be with ducks, but then again, when they get together, they're kind of mean to each other unless they're trying to court a hen and they're trying to mate, but they're jumping ahead of each other. They're fighting over food. They're greedy little animals because they want to stuff that gold as fast as they can and get back to the water and get hydration and get back to that food source. So ducks are greedy. Canada geese, they're very protective of their food and their, their families, their family groups. And um, you see them, you know, put their wings up in the air and flap them real hard to try to get a goose away from them or to try to set their dominance or, you know, possess their territory. So I don't know if Canada geese are really calling the ones on the ground. Are they calling to the ones in the air like, hey, come on down? Or, or are they saying, get the heck out of here. We found this first. You want to fight, come down here. There's going to be a brawl if you put your toenails in this dirt. This is our land, and we will fight for this. We found this food source, and we will fight for it this morning. Or are they saying, hey, we're willing to share? I don't know. 
because there's some theories out there that are like the Michael Jackson video thriller of like, or beat it. It's like not thriller, but beat it off the thriller album is more like we're fighting. And then when they get closer, the geese on the ground get louder. Don't come in here. Don't come in here. Don't come in here. And the geese in the air are like, well, we're coming in. We're coming in. And then the geese on the ground, are like you're going to get your butts whipped. If you do, then the geese in the air, are like, okay, maybe they are, they don't really want us there. So they turn and leave. And that would be where you do the comeback call. But is it a comeback call or is it a smack talking call? Told you, get out of here. Told you, go home and tell your mama, we just whipped you. Don't come in here again. And then those geese in the air hear that. And they're like, oh, really? You're going to talk smack even though we were going to give you the benefit of the doubt and leave and go find our own food. Now we are coming in there to fight. So now we are going to turn around and we are going to get a little bit more boisterous. We are going to talk a little bit more smack and we're going to come in there and eat that food even though you found it first. Does that make sense? It kind of does in a way, right? So like I'm thinking about this as I wake up this morning of like, this long into my hunting career, and I haven't had the longest waterfowl hunting career, but it's been 20 years now since I started waterfowling, 19. And now I'm sitting there going, I really don't know if I'm as good of a Canada goose caller as I truly want to be. I want to get there and I'm going to get there, but it's going to take practice. So here I am looking at my lanyard, looking at all these Canada goose calls, all these ideas for calls that I have and all these business ideas that I have. And I'm like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to, I want to be the best short read Canada goose call operator that I possibly can. And I don't know if a, people wake up thinking this, they might be in their truck and see their duck call hanging from a window or their rear view mirror, which isn't the best place to hang it um, because of temperatures and condensation and all of that. So think about that when you're hanging your calls and where you're storing your calls we could talk about that on another podcast if you want that information. But when are you practicing? How much are you practicing? And what are you practicing? There's a lot of good techniques out there and a lot of good instructors out there. And I think about the Kyle Jones and the Kelly Powers and the Scott Trine and, and all of the, you know, the Tim Grounds and the Hunter Grounds. And there's so many great short read can of goose operators um, on stage in competitions, live goose, world goose calling judges. And then there's the guys and girls that can really operate one in the field and read that body language. And that's what it is. It's instincts. Just because you can win the world championships doesn't mean that you are a great goose caller in the field and a great goose finisher and a great goose hunter and killer and eater. I'm not saying that it doesn't because a lot of the guys and girls I know that can whip them on stage, they can whip them in the field too, judges or real Canada geese, but you got to be able to read those wings, those wing tips, those feet, those necks, those beaks, those sounds. What are they telling you? What are the conditions telling you? Um, and then again, what are you saying? Birds of a feather come on in here. Water's fine. Food's good. We're sharing. Or is it a smack talking gang fight? And that's what I love about it. I want to keep figuring this stuff out because myself, I take the theory on of a gang fight. So I'm talking smack and I want to be aggressive. I'm an aggressive goose caller. When people say you're calling too much, I say, but they're still listening. Um, and I'm not saying that people are always saying that or that I'm always calling a ton. I'm not sitting out there just going, oh, God, 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 God. but I like to clucking and moaning like the late, great Tim Grounds taught us is sometimes all you need, but realistic clucks realistic moans and train moans and train notes and whistle notes and spit notes and quick spits and drop down jaw moans with your jaw all the way extended. Whoa. 
and just really good gurgling and feeding sounds where your ears are tickling and your lips are tickled and you feel that just vibration in your vocal cords where you're getting that goosey sound where it goes rough to clear to cluck and you're just hammering it. And I think that if you're doing it right and they're paying attention, they're listening and you're finishing groups consistently, then you are learning that diction, that dictation, that vocabulary, that jargon, if you will. And that's what I was thinking about today. It's Canada Goose Calling. I woke up thinking about freaking sounding better on a Canada Goose Call. And it drove me to want to be a better hunter this coming fall, winter, late season. I want to be a better Canada Goose Caller, guys and girls. I really, truly do. I want to be better at all of it. I want to stay focused and I want to stay driven because I don't want to cut corners and I surely don't want to go through the motions of just getting them because they felt like dying that day. I don't believe in that. I want to look at my hunt partners and be able to be like, we did it. That was so legit. Everything came full circle. Our practice sessions to our dog training, to our scouting, to all of it. You've heard me preach this before. I don't want to preach, but I want to look at my hunt partners at him or her and high five and be like, that was it. That's the flock. We visualize that because visualization is a huge part of this. And maybe that's why I went to bed thinking about it last night, visualizing it and then dreaming about it and then waking up still thinking and visualizing about it and, and picturing that paper and me drawing my perfect hunt or that canvas and me throwing my oils to paint my perfect hunt and my sounds on there. Am I recording myself? Am I using my iPhone or my recording devices to really listen to the sounds I'm making and be the best wild goose communicator that I can be. And it goes with everything else, whether I'm calling predators or turkeys or elk or ducks, I want to be the best I can be. I don't need to compare myself to the Kelly Powers or the Kyle Jones again, two-time world champion who's coming back on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Kelly's actually coming back on the podcast this week. And we're very fortunate to have guys like that on the podcast to, to help represent our culture and help teach our listeners something that they can take home, something that they can pick apart or dissect that day. And that's what I hope this podcast is doing as you drive to work or drive to your fishing hole or to the boat ramp that you're picking up on Maybe I do want to practice and become better because I don't need to compare myself to those guys. I don't want to compare myself to the best in the world all the time. I want to become better for what I'm trying to utilize it for, what I'm trying to apply it to. And that's ethically and morally correctly harvesting Canada geese at close ranges to where I know that my shotgun combination and my patterning and my choke tubes and my ammo is doing the job and killing them dead in the decoys for my dog to go out and bring back to my Traeger grill. Okay. Or however else you choose to prepare your can of geese. Some of us use a crock pot. It's a really good way to do it, but I'd rather do my pulled goose sandwiches out of a Traeger recipes coming soon at the providerlife.com and our new cookbook. But that's what I was thinking about this morning. Those were my foul thoughts of I'm going to be a better goose hunter. And I'm surely going to be a better goose call operator, whether flute call or short read, I'm going to be better this fall. And I'm going to practice this off season. 
And I'm going to have techniques that I'm going to practice. And they're out there, whether it's YouTube, whether it's DVDs, VHS tapes from back in the day, Outdoor Channel, Sportsman's Channel. There's so many ways to find content out there on how to become a better short read or flute goose call operator. Find them. Develop your techniques. Let us know what you want. to. We have a ton of content out there on short read goose calling. Tim Grounds, the short read way, and all of his VHS tapes and cassette tapes, they're invaluable. There's so much good information in there that Tim would lay down. And there's great teachers out there. Scott Trinan at Molt Gear, Fred Zink at Zink Calls and Avian X, a ton of them. Power Calls, Kelly Powers and Kyle Jones, those guys down in Kentucky and Tennessee, killer instruction. So don't be afraid to call out. Don't be afraid to, to, to reach out to somebody and give them a shout or a call or an email or a direct message on the social media platforms of Facebook and Instagram and the Twitter, the tweeting, the tick-a-talking, all of them. I don't know if you can go onto a dating site yet like Tinder because I've never had a dating site profile, but maybe there's even goose call instruction to learn on these dating sites. I mean, do what it takes to become better, y'all. This fall, this season is going to be our best season. 2020 is gone. COVID was weird. Even though we're hunters and we're used to being alone and isolated, it was still weird. Duck camps weren't letting guests in because of COVID and the age, the ages of some of their members. They were very cautious and they should be. Let's hope that this fall is better. Let's get back to traveling and campfires and the real social media and talking amongst ourselves and learning from each other, dropping the ego and just being the best we can be, having compassion for those birds. I think it's going to be an awesome season. I'm ready for it. I'm fired up for it. Those are my foul thoughts. That's what I've been thinking about last night and in my dreams. And when I woke up this morning, let's be the best Canada goose, short read call or flute call operators that we can be this coming fall, this coming late fall and winter late season for the 2021-2022 waterfowl season. I'm excited for it, y'all. And it's only February. Actually, it's March now. It's March 1st today. And I'm so ready. I am ready to get after a couple turkeys. Don't get me wrong. And after some stripers and bass, because I do want to be on the FLW or the Bassmasters Tour someday. Don't get me wrong. That might be my next venture. I suck at it, but I'm learning from my boys at G-Rap Bates, Hank DeBose and Garrett Dixon. They've taught me a lot already, and I continue to learn. I want to be the best outdoorsman, the best conservationist, the best gatherer, the best hunter, the best provider I can possibly be. That are foul thoughts. That's my foul thoughts. Canada Goose Calling. I want to become better. There's a lot of instruction out there. Hit us up with a direct message if you want us to come up with some podcasts with Goose Call Instruction. But like I said, we got Kelly Powers coming soon again. Kyle Jones coming on the podcast soon again. Right here at the Foul Life Podcast. These were foul thoughts brought to you by our friends at Safari Club International. Become a member of Safari Club International. Look at them on Instagram at official SCI. It's amazing what they're doing for hunters, men and women all over the world. They are first for hunters. And if it wasn't for them, we would be in trouble, folks. So don't hesitate to reach into your pockets, into your wallets, into your checkbooks, into your bank accounts and become a member. It's very affordable. Register for the national convention in 2022. Can't wait to come together with everybody. It's going to be a great year. Safari Club, 
Thank you so much for supporting us here at the Foul Life Podcast and the Foul Life Television. Brand new episode starting exclusively on the Outdoor Channel, July 2nd, 2021, season 13 of the Foul Life. We got a lot of special stories coming for you. Tom, Jake, hit that button. This song is called My Foul Life. The band is 2AM Logic. Talk to you all next time. Bye.